Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we pray for your Holy Spirit to work through your word and our, our reflection on your word, that you may open our hearts and eyes to who you truly are and how you relate to us. Loving Father, we thank you. We thank you for the, the gift of people who have been involved in reforming your church from all times. And we pray that we too can play our part being your missionaries in the world. Help us to see what this means for us as well. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. This Sunday, I'm currently at the LCA New South Wales and ACT Synod. And so today I come through through the video for the sermon. And our focus this week is on Reformation Sunday, where we're celebrating the Reformation that happened well over 500 years ago. 505 years ago is where, what they, probably the date they said the Reformation started. But this year, 2022, is very significant in that it is 500 years since the first translation of the New Testament was available in the common German. And this has significant implications. This wasn't just Luther thinking, oh, I've got a good idea, let's do it. But it was actually based on some theological approach and theological understanding of life and how God relates to us. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to explore how God relates to us and why this has an impact on, A, the translation of the Bible into the common German language, but also other translations and other ways we do church. Out of the Reformation, there were a number of key points or key teachings that became clear or that Luther lifted above the murkiness of, of what, God, what the Bible was saying from some people. First of all, you know, there's this common thing that we, we share as New Testament, as re- Protestants, as Lutherans, that we are saved by grace and not by works. And so our focus, our relationship with God is not about what we do, but about what God does for us. And then there's probably the key passage from Romans chapter 1, 17, which realigned the way Luther thought about God, where it talks about our righteousness, again, doesn't come from works, but our righteousness comes from our faith in Jesus Christ, that we are made righteous by the actions of Christ on the cross, not because we have met certain standards or passed a test, but by Christ coming into this world and dying and rising for us. And then there was the important part that um, Luther emphasised and other reformers emphasised, that scripture is the source and judge of all matters relating to faith. That scripture is the, then they use this term sola scriptura, but this idea that we go back to scripture and we look at and analyse everything through the word of God, rather than through other mechanisms that were happening. For instance, whether it be tradition, whether it be style, whether it be what people liked in the community, but it's through the word of God. The other key point that came out was we have direct access to God because of Jesus. Remembering there was this uh, kind of approach to Christianity which, in, which had a number of saints where people would use and pray to saints. And some people still do that today in certain areas of Christianity. But the Reformation highlighted is that while saints are good, then their purpose is not for us to get access to God. They have another purpose in our life. And actually next Sunday, we will celebrate All Saints Day. We remember the saints in our life who have blessed us with God's message, who have helped us in our faith journey and helped us in our life journey. 
But their approach, the, the, the approach with saints is not about to use them to get access to God. And instead, the Reformation and others around the Reformation highlighted that we have direct access to God because of Jesus. Because that's what the scriptures reveal to us. The fifth principle that came out of the Reformation, which is quite important for us, is that the, the scriptures contain law and gospel. You know, and this has been a major work um, post the Reformation time in the 1517 and continued that as we read the Bible, we look for the law and the gospel. The law is about you know, what condemns us, what we are supposed to do, how we are supposed to live. But we need to remember the law itself and the New Testament quite clearly highlights this to us. The law itself won't save us. The law, in fact, inhibits us from having a good, healthy relationship with God. Rather, it's the gospel, the gospel of what God is doing for us, the gospel of God's love, the gospel of Jesus coming to earth and dying on the cross for you and for me is important. So as we read scripture, where the Reformation movement encouraged us to, to look at scripture from these two perspectives. What is, it, what is the law that's coming out of this passage? What is that saying to us? But more importantly, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? What is God doing for us? Then there was this term that came out of the Reformation called the priesthood of all believers. In fact, the idea of this is not everyone will be a pastor, but everyone's a priest in their own vocations or their situations or the, the roles that they play in society, that they can actually be, bring God and help people to connect with God and connect people to God no matter where we are, no matter who you are. And the idea is that the, the phrase that we used, it was we are priesthood of all believers. And then there was this point, which sometimes is missed, is that, but it's often remembered as part of our church, particularly around Christmas, because you'll see in a few moments why. But the emphasis that it's Christian faith is about God coming to us. God coming down from the heavens and into our world, into our messy world, and coming to us in a way that we can connect with him and relate to him. And that's an important emphasis, and that's what influenced Luther's approach to the translation. In John chapter 1, verses 14, we hear, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory in the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. I'd encourage you to underline, to highlight that passage in your Bible if you haven't already done so. To, to get a copy of that passage and put it somewhere prominent to remember the, the fact that the word, that's Jesus, that's God himself coming to us in flesh and made his dwelling among us. And with that he brought full of grace and full of truth. Now think about how significant that is, that the message of God is that he has come to us. He has decided to come and connect with us so we can comprehend him more, so we can understand, so he can show us true love, so he can help us. And I invite you to reflect on that fact that God comes to us. Reflect on what does it mean that God comes to you and to others. Think about also the implications for us and how we minister to others, how we live in this world if it's an approach about God coming to us. 
It may have some significant implications in the way you relate to people and how you help them understand or connect with God. One of the practical implications from the Reformation in in the understanding that God comes to us was the translation of the Bible from Latin, the Vulgate, into the common German language. Now, as I said, this wasn't just, oh, Luther thought, oh, this would be a nice thing to do, I'll, I'll do it. And in fact, there's been a bit of a history. There was the Latin translated into the German language earlier on, but it was still in a very difficult form of German language that people couldn't comprehend. There was also the history of Wycliffe back in the 1300s translating um, the Latin Vulgate into English. And he, he faced extreme opposition, even threats of death. You know, it was a, it was a time of trouble. And Luther began translating the New Testament into what was first released as the September Bible in 1522, which was the New Testament. He then had a, a revision of that in December 1522. And then by 1534, the whole scriptures had been translated into the common German language. And what was driving this was Luther understood that God wants to come to his people in a way that they can comprehend. And I think this is important for us as we live in the church life, but we also live in the world. Because we sometimes get caught up in churchy language which people don't understand. Our challenge, and it's been a bit of a, a little mission of mine, is how can I reinterpret some of that churchy language in a way that people can comprehend And that's what Luther was on about. The other thing that was quite significant is that many people reflected on that Luther's biggest gift to the translation wasn't that he was an expert biblical scholar, but he had a grasp of the local language. He understood how people spoke and talked and he understood how to relate to them. And that was probably why the Reformation, in another hand, took off, is that Luther was able to relate to people in a way that they could understand or grasp. Here's a couple of quotes regarding Luther and his translation. One may not ask the Latin language how to speak German. One must ask mothers in the home, children on the street, the common man at the market, and watch carefully how they speak. After that, one may translate. Then those who read will understand you, and know that you are speaking German with them. In other words, he grabbed hold of this principle that God comes to us. And he grabbed hold of it and used it in a way that helped others see that God comes to them in a way that they can connect with and understand. He also said, your reader must be able to read God's word as though it were written yesterday. You know, sometimes in the church... We take this approach that people need to learn a lot, need to, to grow and learn the language, need to do all that, learn what we do at church to be able to connect with Jesus. That sounds a little bit inconsistent to the principle that God comes to us right? and the idea. And what Luther was kind of focused on at that time was really helping people grasp that God comes to them that God loves them and came to earth for them. And as an effect, he translated the scriptures in a way that they could understand. And he also said in translation, you cannot speak German with a Greek or Hebrew tongue. 
Isn't this a great benefit that we've had? This benefit of the translation? Now, some people get, particularly in English, because we have over 40 different translations of the Bible in English. And there's a whole range of stuff, if you want to explore that, connect with me, of why they exist. But a lot of it's about timing, some of it's about accuracy, and much of it's about connecting with people in a way that's true to God's word today, in a way that they can understand and comprehend. The same principle that Luther applied. Because at Luther's hearts, at the hearts of all of us, should be this idea that we want people to truly know God and to take away the obstacle that they may have to learn a different language, may have to take a different approach, but to be able to really connect with God. Let's have a look at some of the biblical ideas or or the implications of what it means that God comes to us. First of all, in our passage from John chapter 1, verse 14, we heard, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. God came to us in Jesus, which we hear in the next verse from Matthew chapter 1, verses 22 to 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to the Son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Whenever you hear Emmanuel, just think God with us. We don't have a distance God. We have a God who's come to be with us. A God who experienced the world as we have experienced it. A God who continues to relate to people. But a God who goes out of his way to help people know that they are loved. That is the beauty of God coming to us. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 to 39 says, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God coming to us is like having this nice, secure family, but this nice, secure family is never going to desert us. Now, sometimes it may feel like we're being deserted. This week in our Bible studies on Zoom, we we looked at um, how we are God's sacred delight, special delight. God loves us. God is always our champion and father and greatest fan. And, but that means, and also part of that is God never gives up being there. Our problem is we don't always recognise that because at times we experience difficulties, we go through trauma, we sometimes feel deserted by God. But can I encourage you during those times just to sit back and reflect and ask the question, what is God up to? How is God present during these times? And I know it may be difficult, but look for the people who help, the people who show care. Look how God's word speaks to you during those times. And then from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 to 19, we hear, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. 
See, Luther's motivation for translating the scriptures into a language that all people can understand and have access to. Now, Luther happened to, to live at just the right time. The printing press was taking off, so the scriptures could be widely published rather than just having very expensive Bibles in certain locations. But he took advantage of that. But his motivation was not about highlighting himself, but about highlighting God and his love. And the more we open scriptures, the more we engage with scriptures, the more we see that God loves us, even during the most difficult times. We need to always remember that much of the New Testament is written in a time where people, Christians, followers of Christ are under persecution. And yet God's still reminding them he loves us. He keeps pointing us back to the cross, Jesus on the cross to say, I love you. And this is my evidence of how much I love you. I came into this world, suffered and died for you to pay the price for your sins. I think that's a great message to hold on to. And that was the message, that was the key message the Reformation wanted to to make sure, those involved in the Reformation movement wanted to make sure people were hearing and receiving. Because people could preach a message, but they wanted to make sure people received that message. And so translation of the Bible in the common language was important. So people could understand who God was and what he was on about. Now, Luther received criticism for his translation. So did a lot of others who were involved in translations both before and after Luther. And the criticism is often by people within the church who are concerned that things get misunderstood. But the problem is, as someone once said to me, there's no point preaching in English to a foreign language community unless they have some way to understand the English. It's important for us to have all these translations, to have the translations available so we can understand and others can understand. Because God has called us all to be involved in his missionary and God coming to us, one of the most significant points of us being involved in his mission is that we are all called to be involved in making disciples of all nations. We are all called to be involved in helping people connect with Jesus and helping people understand that God loves them. Remember what Jesus said to his disciples and what he says to us just before he left earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you And surely I'm always with you to the very end of the age. When Jesus left this earth, it wasn't a sign that God had deserted us because we know shortly after God sent his spirit that God is still with us, with us today. I encourage you to think about this as a Christian. Life is not about us striving to get to God. It's not about us having to learn a new language so we can relate to God. It's not about us having to prove to God we are good enough, but rather it is about us living in God's presence, recognising that God has come to us, that he has come to us through Jesus, and he continues to come to us through his spirit, and he continues to come to us through his word and his sacraments. And so it's about us living in God's presence and receiving from him. But it's not just about us receiving. It's also about us 
being involved in God's mission to help others to discover God's loving presence. You know, one of the beauties I have as being a pastor, one of the, the blessings you could say I have of being a pastor is from time to time I get to engage with people who are struggling, who have never heard this message that God comes to us in a loving, caring, forgiving way. And to sit with them and to be able to put things in their own language. And often that involves listening. Often that involves helping. And many, when I say put things in their own language, in a way they can understand, most of them have good English or have grown up in Australia, but they just don't understand some of the churchy language that we use. So it's about unpacking that and explaining that. And I'm sure you have friends that are like that too. Can I encourage you to be a person who bees like Luther, who use, translate the message of God into a language that people can understand. And doing so, being people, working beside people. You see, the importance of God's word, though, is part of our life. The encouragement for all of us is to be continually connected with God's word. Because it's God's word who gives us a clearer picture of who God is. And it's, we say within the, the Lutheran and the Protestant Reformation is that God continues to come to us through his word. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. It is God's word that informs us that we have a life to live, that God loves us, And that we have a life not just to live on this earth, but a life to live in the future. And that this word continues to give us life. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 reminds us the importance of this word. And we also thank God continually because you have received the word of God. Notice that you have received the word of God, which you have heard from us. You accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is the word of God which is indeed at work in you who believe. If you already have a regular daily Bible reading approach, thank you. Continue using that. If you struggle with that from time to time, continue to allow, just allow God's word to speak to you. Sometimes it may not have instant effect, but it may help you in the future. But it also gives you an understanding, gives you an insight of God's love and grace. I remember quite a number of years ago when I reconnected with the church. My mindset was about what do I have to do for God? What do I have to do? And so that's how I read the Bible. I would read the Bible about what do I have to do for God? That was my primary concern. I wanted to have this relationship with God and I wanted to know what I had to do. But over time I discovered through reading the scriptures, yes, God will be calling me to do certain things and to be certain things. But the more important message, the message of my works needs to be founded in what God has done for us and God's love for us. If you currently have a Bible which you find difficult to read or you find, oh, always stumbling across the words, can I encourage you to engage with a Bible, a translation that you can understand a bit easier? You know, as a kid, I remember picking up my parents' King James version of the Bible that was beside their bed. 
And I just thought, this God stuff is too complicated and hard. It used words that I had never heard of before. Well, one of the blessings of the congregation I was at is actually encouraged us to get translations that were, and offered us translations that were easier to understand. That may not have been the perfect translation, but it helped us engage with God and his word and hear this message of God's grace and love that the reformers were so focused on sharing with the world that God is so keen for us all to hear because it gives us life. It reminds us no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, God loves us, that God has come to us. And so a question for you, just a, a question for you to think about is, how are you living in the presence of God so you are receiving God's word daily? Are you having time, set time for just listening to God's word and not rushing through and just pondering on the God's word? Are you, when you come to worship, are you coming with a mindset of, I'm just going to come to worship and listen to what is God saying to me today? Yes, there'll be other distractions, but just listen to what God is saying to you today every time you come to worship. As you read God's word and then walk out in the street, engage with community, do you think about how does God's word apply amongst the people I'm interacting with? But also be open to some of those people you're acting with, to them sharing God's word with you, either very clearly or in another way. The beauty of God's word is it gives us life. And it's important for us to continually be in the presence of God's word. And if it means struggling to understand God's word because you have a translation that's difficult, follow up and find a translation that's easier for you to comprehend. One of the beauties of technology is there's a, a website called Bible Gateway which has numerous translations in English and in other languages. You know, frequently people who join us from other languages groups is I show them this, these translations. But please be open to the good news that God has for us because in that you discover God comes to us. Life is not about you striving but about you receiving and that God has this grace for you. So what does all this mean in living the faith? Well, here's four points to walk away with just to think about. First of all, thank God for Bible translators who make it possible for people to hear and understand God's message everywhere. Thank God for those who have translated and retranslated the Bible into various forms of English. Thanks God to, for people who are translating in the world. We have a, a person who's connected with us a little bit um, who's part of Wycliffe Bible Translations. If you'd like to, to know more about their work, Please see me or email me. But let's live a life thanking God for those who spend time translating. And what's interesting is that a translation is not about just understanding the original language, but it's also about understanding the community language, the language that people speak. Secondly, live a life knowing God comes to you and others. That's the main message of scripture. And allow that to affect how you relate to God. Allow that to affect your understanding of yourself. Allow that to affect how you relate to others. Thirdly, live in ways 
that help you receive God and his message daily. Think about your world. You know, it's not about us striving to God to prove that we've done so much, but it's just at least about having the door open to having time, not rushing things, to be engaging with God's word, to reflecting on God's word, to be open to people bringing you God's word. And lastly, help others to understand and discover God in a way and a language that relates to them. And that can be challenging because many of us are used to some of the language we have in church. But as we get beside people, spend time with people, listen to how they understand. Help them to engage and listen to what happens within the church. Explain things to them. Put things in different ways. And that's why faith talk, when we have faith talk as part of our church, we encourage you to, to be involved in faith talk so you are ready to explain things in a way that you're comfortable with that others may, underst- help, may understand in the world. We have this great blessing of Bible translations that have continued. It has meant that to be, have access to God, none of us have to go and learn Latin, Greek or Hebrew. We can all have access to God's word through the blessings of people who have learnt those languages and translated the scriptures into a language that we can understand. Let's thank God for that. Let's thank God that people like Luther used this theological principle of God coming to us in a very practical way, a way that helps people engage with God. And so I leave you with this last thought that comes from people reflecting on Luther's um, translation. Even the shoemakers and many common people become so absorbed in the study of Luther's German New Testament that they are able to carry on discussions with doctors of theology. May God's love for you, may the message that God has come into this world for you and continues to be in this world for you, encourage you and help you and help you to keep your eyes on Jesus for this life and the life to come. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We thank you for your word, your life-giving word, a word that speaks grace into our life, a word that speaks hope and life. As we live, help us. Help us to engage with your word. Help us to encourage others to connect with your word. Help us to discover the translations that are available that may help our friends and neighbours. And loving Father, I thank you. I thank you for all those who have been translators in the past. I thank you for those who are currently translators. And I pray that you be with us. With us knowing your love and grace. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.